Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Welcome to the Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by two guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. My name is Adam Franica. My name is Ben Harrison. Adam, when we started this, did you ever think that serious-minded, legitimate publications would ever write about us? Never. Not at all. I thought we would be... People who wrote about us, I figured, would be relegated to uh, the dark corners of the <laughs> Of <internet>. the dark web? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, a whole lot, of, uh, whole lot of blogs, mostly. Yeah. Uh, tiny blogs, specifically. Well, we got a very, very nice write-up uh, in Ars Technica early on, and that sort of tracked, because I think that Ars Technica has a long, and, uh, a long history of writing about Star Trek The Next Generation-based things. Sure. Our uh, buddy Sarus uh, wrote that one. Sarus Farvar, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have an article about us in Slate. Whoa. Yeah. And I think uh, I, uh, my sense is that a lot of people listening to this may be coming in from the Slate article. So if you're new to the show, welcome. We are here to make fart jokes and make fun <laughs> of uh, how much sex Riker is probably having. <laughs> it's uh, funny the author of the article sarah archer like reached out to us and she's like look guys i somehow convinced my editor that writing about you would be a good idea <laughs> which is like a great open uh, yeah to me yeah like sort of joking about how ridiculous it is that we're even having the conversation and we we sort of did like it like an interview with her and then she never explained what it would turn into. I, I felt like it was kind of a mystery yeah, as, I, to, as to what it, what kind of article it would be. I think sometimes those interview interview over texts, they wind up just being like the interview itself, like the stuff yeah. we, we wrote back. But she wrote like a real article. <laughs> yeah, it's way more than we deserve. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was, it was supremely flattering, and uh, it, was, it was really cool to... To have that happen. And another cool thing happened. We went on the Who Won the Week podcast from Blaster.com. Uh, we got mentioned in an, a Blaster article a while ago, uh, just kind of an offhand mention, and it turned into um, meeting Danny Roth, the guy that wrote the article, and then him inviting us on their show, which uh, which was real fun. We got to talk about Star Trek Beyond and the new series that's coming out so uh if you're interested in a geeky podcast that can uh can hang with the likes of us uh go check out the who won the week podcast yeah i think it's safe to say we're kind of an open podcast relationship mm -hmm. like we'll, we'll go on other people's podcasts yeah if you want us on your podcast we'll put our microphones in the bowl and then uh, <laughs> go have a couple of drinks this is like the ice storm yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, the podcast revolution is a great way to catch the clap Pretty big week for us, pretty yeah. fun So, welcome to Newbies and, uh, and thanks Danny and Sarah for putting us on Yeah, thanks guys Well, uh, with that, why don't we get back to what we do best Which is tell the jokes of dick and fart <laughs> uh, Specifically <laughs> Specifically today about season 3, episode 9 the Vengeance Factor. This is becoming a speech. You're the captain, sir. You're entitled. Hmm. Not 
excited to ramble on about something everyone knows. This is sort of the season of cold opens, isn't it? Seriously. I love this shit. We are on the green gel planet yeah. right away. We're, we're looking out a window. We're beaming down to green town. And uh, they're in, they beam down to this outpost that's like all beat to shit. It's like in way worse shape than the, uh, than the duck blind on the Mintakan planet. <laughs> and, uh, and they're like, they're looking around and they realize that the power generator has been ganked and... They find some some shanks that have blood all over them, and they're like, "Well, this isn't human blood; it's some other kind. We're gonna have to figure it out." And at some point, they put Worf on the task of getting through a door. And you know, <laughs> we we know that Worf. If if you're new to the show, go back and listen to old episodes. You will discover that there is a long track record of Worf not being a friend of doors. So. Ben, is the best rivalry on Next Generation the Wharf versus Door rivalry? Stamped. <laughs> I, I don't know that there is a bigger one than that. I like how sweet Data is about it, because he never, he never lords the fact over Do- Wharf that when Wharf is defeated by a door, it's always <laughs> Data's job to go, to, yeah. to go fix the situation. But, yeah. uh, but Data pries him open, and uh, there's a, a couple scientists passed out, asked out, and uh, this is some shit. Yeah, they're pretty fucked up, and their whole uh, their whole station's been tumbled. <laughs> like in the in the police parlance, they tossed it, didn't they? they? Yeah, this was not a a sneak and peek. This was a this was a full toss warrant. Right. The doctor's hair has changed again, by the way. Sure. Yeah. She, she has like a whole different haircut now. I'm really wondering if the if the uniforms are three thousand dollars. How much are the three wigs that she's got? Because yeah. really, really good Hollywood wigs are very expensive. Yeah, no joke. And and Beverly Crusher has as many haircuts as episodes in this season. It seems like. <laughs> yeah, she's looking good. I feel like there was a there was a previous one though that looked better. She has not brought back the Dilbert haircut, though. <laughs> yeah. From her triumphant return to the series. Yeah, well... I feel like that was a special edition, right? Y- that was the hollow card of wigs <laughs> for Beverly sure. Crusher. Yeah. Yeah, she she wore it once, and then she put it in, under a Lexan uh, yeah. glass case, and, uh, and it's in the prop hall of fame now. You know how in, like, modern baseball cards, sometimes there will be the baseball card that has, like, a little one-inch cutout of a baseball uniform? Mm-hmm. God, I feel like these Star Trek cards we open up all the time, how great would it be if there was a little lock of wig hair <laughs> on, on a special edition card? That'd wouldn't be cool. you go wouldn't you go crazy for that? Uh nothing would make me happier. Yeah. Nothing would be cooler than uh, your nightstand table having a George Baxter nude card along <laughs> with a lock of Beverly Crusher hair on it. <laughs> your uh, wife yeah. would be cool with that, right? She'd be super chill with that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So the the scientists that they found have been phasered up quite a bit. Um, and, yeah, multiple uh, blasts. Multiple blasts. They're going to recover, but they, they're pretty fucked up. And they discover that the blood on this, on this shank that they found is... Unique to one humanoid species, the Akamarians. There's a stable government on Akamar 3, which is the planet that they come from, but... There are kind of drifter Akamari who are members of these clans, and they are the gatherers. They just—they're just troublemakers in this in this part of the galaxy. Like they go around and hijack things and steal equipment, and 
they're 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 basically the alien scum of the galaxy, to borrow a term from uh, undiscovered country. They've never come out this far before. In the wrestling parlance, the the Akamari are the WCW, and the Gatherers are the NWO faction <laughs> that are just there to fuck shit up. You're you're gonna have to if 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 you want to take that metaphor and run with it, I I give you my blessing, but I'm not gonna understand anything. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm speaking for a very specific subset of our viewership. Uh-huh. They beam up the sovereign of Akamar Three, who's like, for all intents and purposes, the the queen of the planet, and she's, she's got real Angela Lansbury vibes, doesn't she? Yeah, I don't I don't know who this actress was, but she I thought she was really terrific. Her name is Sovereign Maruk. They take her into the conference room for a little powwow, where she gives us the backstory of this conflict between her people and the and the Splinter Group. So here's the deal. They have a pretty good thing going on Akamar 3, and they're pretty happy not to have the scumbags that have have left them not hanging around. And she says, like, listen, we've tried a couple of times to reintegrate them into our society. They're just... They're party animals. They don't. They don't know what's good for them. And frankly, at this point, we're like pretty happy to just let them go fuck themselves. And Picard talks her into the fact that it's making the whole area of space around Akamar more dangerous for everybody. And she doesn't really have a lot to lose by trying to reintegrate them into the society. Like. This or, area has a hobo problem. Yeah. That's, that's sort of what it feels like. So she says, like, okay, we're cool. I'll, I'll, I'll help you out. I'll try to extend an olive branch to these guys. But you're going to have to beam a couple more of my servants on board because I couldn't possibly travel with anything fewer than four. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they, they beam up a lovely young woman named Yuta. Yuta! Give me two. And Riker is hitting on her basically immediately. <laughs> like, she is in his crosshairs from the second she sets foot on the ship. She's she's like, I cook for and feed the sovereign, and I taste her food to make sure it's not poisoned. And he's like, well, why don't you cook something for me? What's your specialty? I have none. Don't be modest. Yes, what her specialty is. And she describes something with fleshy roots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Riker's like, oh, I could be into that. I look forward to tasting it. Yeah. He's also looking at that crack in her forehead, wondering what happens if he, like, licks or kisses it. Maybe maybe he can slip a finger in there. So I stroke it, and I pet it, and I massage it. Yeah, her forehead really looks like a canoe. And then I take my naughty pet and I go. Yeah, I, it, these all all these aliens have camel toe head. <laughs> yeah, she's got she's got a slight comb over on top of this thing, but it's definitely there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's got she's got like a bang to uh to try and hide it, but she's not doing a great job. Riker, when he meets Utah, uh, like. Gives her a good five-second boob stare. Like, <laughs> like, it's really savage. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a single-minded character, you know? Like, the, the, that's just the energy he brings on the show. Yeah, he, uh, he shows her how, to, how the food thing works. 
and uh, and he, he orders her a cup of water, right? Yeah, and she has to test it before she gives it to the sovereign. So this, she's like expecting there to be a kitchen, and he's like, oh, you can just replicate all of the food that you need on this ship, but she's still gonna she's still gonna make sure that the sovereign isn't being poisoned so how right. stable can their society really be if that's enough of a concern that somebody has to risk their life routinely every single day to make sure that the food is okay yeah she's got that old school like uh what era is this like a renaissance period fear yeah. of being poisoned uh like food wise pre- pre-enlightenment french nobility type poison fears <laughs> That's going to be a long episode title, but I think we can make that play. <laughs> it is the guiding principle of a dark lady's face. Have you can't find it within yourself to stand up and tell the truth? You don't deserve to wear that uniform. So the sovereign lady has, has an idea of where they can start to look for this missing Federation equipment. And if they find that, they can start to figure out where, uh, where all the Akamari gatherers are at. And so they they head to this place, and this is a really awesome set piece. It's like yeah. this, a lot of scaffolding and truss work and uh, caged clamp lights from a construction site and various scrap metal is dropped around, and there's like 55-gallon drums with fires in them. Uh, Frank Stallone is off shooby-doing in the corner. <laughs> It looks great. And this is the second complex set that we've had in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. The The sets in this episode are 10 out of 10. Yeah. Consistently across the board. They're really good. And there's a bunch of them. And uh, this is... So we, got a, so we got a Dustbuster Club of who do we got? We got Worf and Riker and Data. Yeah, Worf, Riker, Data. I think Jordy might be in there. Maybe not. Might just be Worf Riker data. And they're uh, kind of skulking around looking for the stolen items, right? Yeah, and they do a great job of establishing a huge scale for this. Yeah. Like, they'll show somebody, you know, like a shot from from above, somebody walking on a, on a catwalk, and then somebody, like, two levels below them walking around. Mm-hmm. They find the generator that's missing. They find some scrap metal that's not worth anything. And they're like, man, these guys will just jack anybody for anything. They weren't the sort of pirates that are always looking for gold, right? No. They're just taking anything that they're- they can find that isn't bolted to the floor. They get pinned down under under phaser fire, and uh, Riker uses the uses his knowledge of metallurgy to get them to. No, Jordy is there. It's Jordy yeah. that's got the knowledge of metallurgy. They yeah. they shoot their phasers at the scrap metal, causing it to vaporize, and then they like make a ploy at beaming out of there while the while the smoke is thick in the air, and then they kind of reposition themselves to surround these these gatherers. And yeah, uh, real spy hunter smoke screen. Yeah, set up. I mean, it's more like f- fun tactical maneuvering than than you usually get. You know, this is pretty inventive writing, I think. So they. They convinced these guys, this is like a hair metal band that would have been uh, opening for Wayne Campbell's girlfriend's band kind of kind of group of guys. 
it these guys look i mean i'm gonna keep bringing back the wrestling stuff but they look like wrestling characters they look like people who have rolled around in a scrapyard and are wearing uh magnetic jackets they've just got a bunch of metal stuck to them my theory is that they're the shitty beatles but you you do you (laughs) all right uh Yeah, one the the leader guy. You can tell he's the leader because his his V is much deeper than oh, everybody yeah. else's. And he can go chest to chest with Riker yeah. on chest hair, though. He has like, he has a real carpet sample under his shirt. That chest hair game is strong. And uh, he's persuaded to sit down with Sovereign Maruk and and talk this talk this idea out of you know potentially reintegrating into society uh but not before he's kind of established what a what a ruffian he is how how little he thinks of her status and and all that go home old woman you people haven't changed in a hundred years you should know you were there (laughs) and uh and he has to have that conversation in in private because he his his kind of woofy is based on what what an asswipe everybody admires him for being sure yeah he's got to keep up his airs yeah uh for the good of the troops so while they're having this conversation yuta sneaks off and like ices this old man he's like old man right out of uh like beyond thunderdome is shuffling around and she puts a hand on his on his uh on his cheek while explaining that she's from the clan trelesta and, uh, I am the last of my line, but my clan will outlive yours. Dude, dude uh, dies very quickly. And so while they're formulating the plan to, to have everybody board the Enterprise and go off to look for more gatherers, uh, it's revealed that, uh, that there's been a death. And, and like, the, the gatherers don't really give a shit, right? Like, they're like, yeah, he's... He's dead. Nobody cares. He was they, old. They give a shit insofar as like one of the dudes wants his shit. Like they want his stuff. Yeah, he wants to take. Like, his hey, can boots. I take? Can I take these boots though? Mm-hmm. And they're still warm. Yeah, and and that really grosses Maruk out. But you ever put on a pair of warm bowling shoes? <laughs> that always creeps me out. Yeah, yeah, and and he didn't even spray any of that stuff inside. Yeah, yeah, Weird. he's gonna put them right on. Yeah, that's how you get foot fungus. Yeah, Beverly beams down and is like, well, he's been dead too long for me to do anything about it. Which makes me wonder, like, what's the time limit, you think? I don't know. Does it vary species to species? It has to. Must It must. So, yeah, and, and I think that this death has interest, provides interesting insight to the two sides of the Akamari fight and also into the the way the enterprise operates because they're like like we don't care that you don't care that this guy died we're gonna look into it you know yeah this is what we do whenever anyone dies right this is sort of policy a matter of federation policy Mm -hmm. so they they are doing doing this research as they head to meet the other uh the other gatherers the the leader of the gatherers this guy is this guy chorgan chorgan sounds like a greek yogurt (laughs) yeah yeah, fruit at the bottom. My love is a peep of longing tail for that which longer nurses the disease. Shorgan, uh, 
looks and acts like Riblet from SNL. Yeah, it's Riblet, baby! Did you get that vibe from him? I, I don't know Riblet. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna say he was a wrestler type. Like he was yeah. more wrestler type than any of them. I feel like he's got the yeah. build for it. He's definitely got that vibe. But he, he, uh, and he lives guys. in a van down <laughs> by the river. <laughs> he's got those crazy Bobby Moynihan eyes. Yeah, you know? he, he does. Uh, <laughs> so he's he's the kind of guy who sees the Enterprise pulling up on his vastly inferior ship and starts like lighting them up with purple laser beams. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> hey, purple lasers are back. <laughs> and uh, They got another paycheck. And Worf is just like, he, he's laughing his ass off at how, at how puny this guy's, <laughs> this guy's weapon systems are. And uh, they, what they wind up doing is shooting him with a phaser that's capable of r- dropping his shields and not harming his ship, which is very merciful of them. Their forward shields are inoperative. Well done, Lieutenant. And, I I mean, like, I feel like rules of engagement, like, they could have just taken this guy out of the sky right then and there, right? Yeah, that's a bully move, though. Yeah. Not not Picard's Stilo. No, not at all. So, with this accomplished, they just beam right over, which is pretty ballsy on Picard's part like he's he's like they're not gonna do shit the enterprise has phasers locked on them and they don't have any shields i'm beaming over over there myself shields down don't care situation (laughs) (laughs) a good time so often has a downside doesn't it especially when it comes to stuff that you put in your birdie we've all been hungover before i mean many of us have i guess or we've had too much jazz in our gummy. And that sucks, right? Because you don't think about the time after the good time that you've been trying to have a good time. That's why I like Lumi Labs so much. It's the predictability. Through painstaking trial and error, I have found my perfect dose. It's what I can depend on when I can use a little more chill, a little help getting into a creative headspace, and I don't need to have too much fun doing whatever it is I need to be doing. And I'm so glad that Microdose is available nationwide. That means just about anyone can try it. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use the code SCARVES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com and the code is SCARVES. One of the amazing things about making The Greatest Generation is getting to see all of the cool, creative stuff that the Friends of DeSoto make when we do a Code 47 episode. People send in handcrafted stuff all the time, and they send in their books, they send in paintings, they send in uh, crochet work. It's so cool. And uh, I want a few more of you to have websites to direct us to in those letters. I want you to put your beautiful work on display for the world so that when we get to look at it, we can tell people where to go to get a look at it themselves. And you don't have to know anything about building a website to build a website these days because you can use Squarespace. It'll look beautiful no matter what kind of device people are looking at it on. Hell, you can even sell stuff using a Squarespace website. Don't make your cool, creative project captain's eyes only. Head to squarespace.com slash scarves for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Back for another game. 
You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. While they're over there, they start to like get get negotiations started. And it's like a real, you know, like the, it's like a diplomatic summit, basically. Like there's people sitting around a, a big... There's a long table. A big table. There's a mediator in the middle. Yeah. Unfortunately, Ginger Jesus couldn't make it, but Picard yeah. is going gonna, is gonna to sit in. And, and so while they're, while they're working these, these the terms of reintegration out, they're back, back on the Enterprise... They're like looking through the the records because the doctor has discovered that this old man died from a virus that is very specifically engineered to kill members of the Lornak clan, and she, they discover this because the the only other person that's ever died of it was also Lornak, and he was killed like fifty years ago, and they you know he was killed. In while he was standing trial for something, and they find a picture of of this guy being taken like perp walked to trial, <laughs> and Yuta uh, is chilling in the background of this picture, and she looks the same age, and Riker really freaks out at this moment because he realizes how close he came to fucking an old, and with what we know from Yuta's. Uh, killing of the old man she's got that that rogue from x-men power like yeah like she could have killed him yeah i mean he's made some skin to skin contact with her there's a scene (laughs) where where he's basically trying to get her to bang and she gets real submissive with him and in that moment he finds that to be a big turnoff don't you want me to give you pleasure that is a servant i told you i prefer equals yeah, like Riker maybe, wants her to get hers first. He's a yeah. very giving lover. Well, I think that I think that may, like there's probably well, situations. Well, he wants to give before he takes and takes and takes and takes. Like, yeah, but that first give is is on her. I think that I my my gut with Riker is that there are women that he would trust with a submissive role in in some underpants play. Uh huh. But 
that's a, that's a bond of trust and and he doesn't want to inflict dominance on somebody that's not really a a fully enthusiastic consenter you know not on saying? first bang at least yeah you got to get to know each other yeah establish some safe words so i mean she seems she seems very willing to taste things that could be potentially dangerous so <laughs> i think in that way i think i think riker's uh, laundry list of VD is not going to be a deterrent for her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> She's put far dirtier things in her mouth. Right. Than Will Riker. <laughs> but she's, she she really, like, turns this into... Oh, I'm sorry, Ben. Was that too dirty for you? <laughs> uh, it might be too dirty for our scads and scads of new listeners that came through the uh, previously respected publication of Slate.com. Yeah, well, uh, I think they've all turned us off by now. Yeah. Um, she she turns this scene into like a real bummer fest because he is not going to bang her under the pretext that she is his actual submissive. Like, that's only fun for him if it's part of a game. Right. And right. And, and it, it winds up being kind of her feeling trapped in this in this mission that she's had has. And, and what we come to find out is that her... She, her body has been changed to essentially be a weapon against members of this Lornak clan where she ages much slower than normal and her cells are full of this virus that will kill any Lornak that she comes in contact with. And it's all a big vengeance play because the Lornaks wiped out the Trelests in a clan battle way back in the day. And she's like one of the few survivors and got tasked with this horrible mission she's a she's a human weapon mm-hmm. and guess not who, a human weapon she's a trulesta weapon yeah and guess who happens to be the last lornak after that old man died yeah it's ripley baby so uh they're they're at the negotiation table shit is going like it's a little tense and picard is like maybe we should have some brandy and chill out and <laughs> and, and brandy so, and chill yeah, and so and so Yuta is like pouring it and getting ready to walk walk a glass of it over over to Riblet when Riker beams onto the bridge of of the ship and and he's got a dustbuster on him. Yeah, like one of the one of the gatherers like tries to tries to take him out the second he beams on. He's like, "This is a trap!" and and Riker stuns the guy and then starts telling Yuta to like back the fuck up and that. Riblet is in grave and an impending danger, and Riker has to vaporize her. Yeah, she's sort of suicide by cops a little bit. Yeah. Like, Riker over and over again is like, do not take another step toward Riblet. And she's like, you don't understand, man. Like, this is the last one. I, I complete the bingo card <laughs> if I can get to him. And, she, and he's like, don't do it. And she's like, Seriously, this is what I this is what I've been born for and trained for. I got to do this. And I've been Ripley, playing this game of bingo for fifty three years, dude. <laughs> and Riker finally, like, he hits her with a phaser blast to stun her. The stunner doesn't do much, and then it cuts to him turning up the juice. Yeah, was on she the like Dustbuster? Was she like beefed up with this genetic upgrade? She's like had to be right. She's. Because the one guy, when when Riker stuns him, flies across the room, and then when he yeah. hits her, it, she stumbles a bit, but yeah. she she just keeps going, and and he 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 cranks the dustbuster up to full suck, and it's 
it is like it, it's like past the gore setting because yeah she she vaporizes we don't even see her skeleton yeah yeah and she did i am the cutest of all there are four lights and so with uh with her out of the way that's really the only barrier between a truce between the two sides right yeah i think that it was a good act of of uh goodwill to save that dude's life yeah uh probably probably him getting assassinated by the handmaiden of the of the sovereign would have really put a cramp in the in yeah. the peace negotiations Riker's really bowman though like yeah. we cut back to the ship he's having Ry- the purple lemonade of grieving <laughs> yeah i called it the purple drank of justice <laughs> <laughs> because he did what he had to do right yeah it's it's different from the pink lemonade of grief, because at that moment he was just sad. Yeah. But but this time justice was involved, and he had to deploy that justice. <laughs> a little the, a little blue got into that pink. Barrel of a pink. phaser. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, and Picard tries to like cheer him up by saying, "Maybe you can get some extra shore leave when we stop at the next starbase." And that's pretty cold comfort because yeah. every time they go to a starbase, the ship gets stolen. So. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, how how much am I really going to relax over there? Yeah. <laughs> I'd have my wits about me at Starbases. Yeah. Yeah, and that's our close. That's our episode. Mm-hmm. Riker had to kill someone. Ry- this is one of the episodes where Riker kills someone but does not fuck someone in that episode. Yeah. I mean, we... Kind of an existential imbalance for Will Riker. We don't know for sure if he didn't fuck Maruk or one of her male assistants, but... Sure, yeah. They didn't depict that part. Yeah. <laughs> that that was in a cutscene. <laughs> ben, did you like this episode? I did like this episode. I think it had some some fun set pieces, uh an interesting premise. I think that the character of Maruk was very well portrayed. She's like she really feels like a politician in in a way that's more authentic than a lot of the politicians that we see on yeah. this show. Yeah. And I thought that the idea of these, you know, just them kind of hitting the hornet's nest accidentally and stirring up all these entrenched hatreds that go back yeah. generations is really interesting. I thought this was an episode that that sort of was a good example of one of two things. Either either the effects have gotten less costly for the show to pay for uh-huh. or they've gotten a lot more money to spend because it wasn't too long ago Ben that like each phaser blast was like 10,000 bucks to right. render right like and they would use them very judiciously this episode had like 50 phaser blasts in it they yeah. had two complex sets and that doesn't that doesn't count uh Ripley's three complex bridge sets. set yeah. yeah i thought it was a great a great episode in terms of production value and and that isn't even to mention that the story was real strong. It was good. Yeah, man. Especially because I didn't remember this episode at all before <laughs> seeing it. Like, this was a total dead zone for me. And it felt like watching a new one, which is always fun for me. That's cool. Yeah. I, I like this episode a lot. Yeah. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? Did you find a drunk Shimoda? Incredible. Drunk Shimoda! I did find a drunk Shimoda. Yuta could have just banged Riker. Sure. I mean, I guess she's a slave to her own worldview and couldn't 
couldn't conceive of a way to bang him where they were on equal footing. She's but, been through some shit. But if she had just, uh, to if you'll pardon the expression, sucked it up and banged him and not made it all about her feeling trapped in her mission, he would never have been on to her. He, I don't think he would have suspected that she had something to do with it. I don't think that... Yeah. I just He could have defended her. Yeah. Do you think he could have fixed her though too, like with his love? I think that I think that uh getting deep dicked by William Riker can right a lot of wrongs. Yeah, I think so too. Sometimes, I think there's a there's an alternate reality where that dicking happens. Mhm. Yeah, man. Sometimes in my life when I feel like I've got problems that are insurmountable i just wish Riker was inside me and everything was okay again is this your idea of sex i mean a deep dicking could have really saved riblet's life (laughs) is a is a description that i never thought we'd say on the show (laughs) (laughs) no but i mean i also just think it's crazy to me that she spent 53 years pursuing this and then she, it seems like she kind of lost her nerve right at the end, you know? She, like, kind of wanted to confess to, to Riker in that moment. and Yeah, she was clearly conflicted at that moment because if she was really hell-bent on completing her mission, she would have lunged over the banquet table and got him, right? Right. Poor Riker. Poor dude. hope that purple drank fixed him up. <laughs> uh, my drunk Shimoda happened during a scene that we didn't talk about, so... Uh, Riker is in 10 forward with Deanna Troy and they're enjoying a dinner uh, that Utah makes uh, right. of the fleshy roots. They're enjoying the fleshy root dinner. Yeah. It looks like and, um, collard greens. Yeah. And Utah's like, uh, how does that flesh taste? <laughs> how are those roots? And Riker's like, this is fucking great. And even Troy, like, <laughs> yeah. like they're both being, initially they're both being polite. And then Troy puts them in her mouth, and she's like, holy shit, this is actually awesome. This is really good. (laughs) This is real tasty. Yeah. And so there's like a pregnant pause where Utah's standing at their table. Troy and Riker are enjoying their meal. And Riker's like, why don't you join us? Come on and sit down and, and get down on this route. And there is a moment where Riker looks at Troy. Troy looks at Riker. Troy looks at Utah. And then goes, oh, right, okay, I better go. Like, I better leave. But I think in that moment, Deanna Troy momentarily considered a Mm three-way. She's like, am I invited to this or not? (laughs) Maybe I would rather just enjoy a a night in with a good book. Yeah, well, she's she's frequently now wingmanned for Riker. Yeah. Which, you know, I think partly is just to give herself a little bit of a break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought that was super cool of her. Like what could be more Shimoda y than than being a great wingman? Yeah. And just like seeing seeing a situation like the roots on the table, right? Like mm-hmm. she sees it for what it is. Yeah. She's like, Alright, alright, you two kids. Why don't you go uh why don't you go bang that forehead, Will? <laughs> so, uh that was my Shimoda. I guess I'm giving my Shimoda to Deanna. Yeah. For being a good wingman. Solid one. Yeah. Well selected. I am the cutest of all. You will assist us. I am the cutest of all. You are all. 
hey, Ben, let's talk about something real fast before getting to what our next episode is. I think you and I have kicked around an idea for the last few weeks that maybe we want to share with our viewers. And that is the idea of of a uh, of some messaging. A number of the shows on the podcast network have what are called jumbotron ads that that their listeners sign up for that get read on these shows. There, it's a hundred dollars for a personal message or two hundred for a for like a spot, and and so like you'll hear ads on Jordan Jesse Go or My Brother My Brother and Me or the Flophouse for like somebody's graphic novel or a birthday message for somebody's friend or whatever and uh, yeah these aren't like those audible.com ads or like uh, <laughs> yeah. or like casper mattress ads these are like messages from real people who have something cool that they want to share yeah and so i think we're, what we're gonna do is open our show up to those uh, i would love to uh you know wish you happy birthday in the character of picosby <laughs> or uh <laughs> Do a little this old enterprise in honor of uh, maybe a new home purchase. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so if you've uh, got any inclination to send someone a message or promote your thing, you know, we have we have thousands of uh, eager and enthusiastic listeners. Maybe, maybe you have a thing you want them to know about. Um, so, uh, go to maximumfund.org/jumbotron and you can sign up for that. And uh, it would be hugely appreciated by us because we're just trying to find ways to you know make this show uh <laughs> generate enough money to justify the vast amounts of time we devote to it right and do it in a in a fun way that isn't like a, a blatant cash grab right or mattress grab if you will mm-hmm. we are still uh we're still not sponsored by casper and this yeah. is a thing that Really grinds my gears, Ben, because yeah. I really need a new mattress. If anybody from Casper is listening, Adam is desperate right now. <laughs> I'm dying right now. I am locutus aboard. You will respond to my questions. I am locutus aboard. You are bored. Hey, Ben, what do we have coming up on the next episode? The next episode is season three, episode 10, The Defector. A Romulan defector leads the crew into a showdown that could erupt into a full-scale war. The full-scale war. Mm-hmm. Not one of those HO-scale wars or, or an N-scale war, oh, if you will. Yeah. yeah, my dad used to have one of those wars in his basement. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I love, a, I love an N-scale war playset. Yeah, he'd put on his, uh, his uh, conductor cap and go down there and <laughs> just keep, keep his attention for hours. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anything, to, uh, anything to stay in the basement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought I might have remembered this one, but I think I confused this with another episode where, uh, like, a Starfleet captain goes rogue and, and Chief O'Brien has to, like, talk him down. And that's not this episode. <laughs> that, that's much later. So, no, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure I remember this one at all. Uh, I remember thinking this one was pretty good. Uh, it's like a... I think, it, I think it's the guy in the Romulan shuttle, and he, he like... Uh, Do the Romulans have the bunk bed shuttles? No, they got kind of cool ones. God, it seems like every other race has a better shuttle pod than the Federation. Well, the Federation is like two ends of the bell curve, and I feel like every yeah. other race has, has, is kind of grouped up around the middle. Like, the Federation has a terrible one and an awesome one, Yeah, and nothing average or in between. Yeah. Yeah, they wish they could have a Previa. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to see it. We're out of vetoes. Yep. 
Ben, this show is made possible by the generous contributions of our listeners. Uh, if any of them would like to help support the show, they can go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. We hugely appreciate those donations. Uh, we would love to goof around with you and talk about the show. We're on Twitter as at Cut for Time and Adam's case and at Benjamin R A H R in my case. We use the hashtag Greatest Gen, and it's a lot of fun to see that blended in with crazy constitutional conservatives that are talking about dead World War II soldiers in the context of the election. We're seeing a lot fewer open casket. Uh, open casket funeral pictures than we used to see no, in, it's that, more, in that timeline? It's more about, like, making America great again now. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's uh, what we're doing. Yeah. We are making it great again, aren't we? Yeah, we sure are. What do we say after our Twitter handle? We say... Uh, oh, yeah, we've got, we've, got, we've got a couple Facebook pages you can comment on and like and follow. We've got a couple of Reddit pages... Uh, one of them is uh, is r slash greatest gen. That's the filthier of the two. The classier of the two is r slash maximum fun. Uh, but I, I would highly encourage all of our viewers to go over to that maximum fun page. And, yeah, say uh, what's up. And, and uh, say what's up to those people. Uh, there's always a comment thread on our episodes over there. Yeah. So uh, so share your your weird pictures and your <laughs> and your funny comments over there. I'm sure they'd love to get to know you. Yeah. Um, no update on t-shirts yet, but we're still working on that. And we should thank Dark Materia for our music. And thanks to everybody for listening. With that. Yeah. Hello and goodbye, new listeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that, we will be back at you next time with another great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and a full-scale episode of The Greatest Generation. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.